0: Welcome to Coindesk's Women Who Web3 podcast, your weekly podcast celebrating women supporting women, investing in women, and bridging the gender gap and wealth through Web3. Blockchain technology can be anything. That's what they're doing. They're here to support other women and they are supporting themselves in the process. They said 70% of Latin Americans are underbanked or unbanked. 51% are using crypto. And we actually have a country, Iceland, who is at 90% parity. And guess what they have? 12 months maternity leave. Isn't that gorgeous? Women, do you want to wait 132 years to have a year maternity leave? I don't. Go from can't to can. I'm your host, Cams, and I'm on a mission to empower women across the globe to unlock the unlimited potential and earning power inside themselves through Web3. Whether you're just crypto curious or a crypto connoisseuse, this podcast is for you. Let's get it. Hi, and welcome to Women Who Web 3. It's your girl, Cams. And on this week's show, we're graced with the presence of Gwendolyn Regina. Gwendolyn has spent 17 years living in the worlds of media and technology across Asia Pacific, Paris, and Silicon Valley. She currently leads investments as investment director at b and Chain and is also an angel investor. And just before that, she was an entrepreneur at Facebook, or now Meta. Building up a new business unit of venture capital partnerships and startup growth. She founded On Questions, where she spends her time exploring what is a good question. And she's been speaking internationally, giving keynotes and moderating for 10 years across Asia, Europe, and the US. Gwendolyn built her first website when she was only 12 years old and has lived in Singapore, Paris, Silicon Valley, and Ho Chi Minh City. She speaks 3.25 languages and is a certified rescue diver, has jumped off a plane twice and almost fell to her death into an ice crevice in Chile. So glad you're still alive, Gwen. Welcome, Gwen. Thank you so much, Caps, for having me. (laughs) Glad to be here. (laughs) Of course. When I read your bio, I was like, oh my gosh, what a powerhouse. And Uh, you have so much to contribute and you've contributed so much already to the Web3 space and to the empowerment of women. And you've talked so much about different topics. I'm going to get into that today. What gets you up in the morning?
1: Gets me up? Great question. It would be ideas and change. So what I really, really love is the fact that there's so much new things happening all the time. And particularly people creating new ideas, building new ideas, be it a scientist, be it an entrepreneur, be it an artist. I love just getting to weeds of understanding and these new ideas. And then with that, you know how they're using these new ideas to kind of build new things in society or create new things.
0: Yeah. Is, is that how you got excited about blockchain technology and web three?
1: Yes. So I first saw Bitcoin in 2010. And back then I was still in college, still in university. I was already in technology. Like, like you mentioned, I I've, I've built my first website at 12. Since then, I'm not technical, but I've always been dabbling, you know, in very, very light coding and, and really just mostly talking to entrepreneurs and developers. And so when I first saw Bitcoin in 2010, my mind was literally blown. Wow, this is how money should be transferred. Um, back then, you didn't have all the digital payments that we're so used to today, mobile even, but back mm-hmm. then it was just you know Sunday night, 10pm transferring you know anything from $100 to $10,000 to a friend. You know, was was difficult, was was tough, right? And I was like, "What is this?" So let me read more. So and that's how I I started learning more about Bitcoin, but more importantly for me, there was an evolution in in society and how we were evolving, how we collaborate. So back when I was in primary school, middle school, I was already participating in something called SETI at Home, the NASA program, right? So Saty at Home was the search for ET. And and what <laughs> yeah, I know. It's sounds silly when you say that, but it's, you know, I mean, this it depends on how you see it. I don't know what you think, you know, camps of intelligent life, but I'm hopeful, right? That see we'll meet someone. Yeah. So Saty at Home was a, I don't even know whether it still exists, but it's a software that you can download onto your laptop and use your idle computing time to help contribute to the search with everyone else. So NASA will be aggregating all your When you walk away to the kitchen, to the bathroom, right? It uses your your screensaver mode to to search for ET. When I was doing SETI at home, I was already mind blown because I was like, wow, I could collaborate with all these strangers without me doing anything, just opening up a piece of software. And more importantly, I was contributing to a greater goal. Right, I felt like I was contributing to something greater. Again, that idea mm. of collaboration and doing something amazing that cannot be done by one person alone was just amazing to me. So when, when I first saw Bitcoin, it was the same kind of ethos, same kind of paradigm shift. And I was like, wow, this is it. And so my journey to today was, saw Bitcoin for a while, but I was very busy running two companies. I didn't get into the weed of things, right? And then restarted my my blockchain and crypto journey back in 2016 2017 by trying to build a blockchain startup back then, <laughs> and everyone else looking at all the different projects coming up, all the different ICOs. Right here, I am today at BNB Chain. So it's been quite a journey.
0: That's incredible. I never would have imagined it would start with the search for extraterrestrial life. I feel like everybody's gonna be looking. What's that program so I can contribute all my downtime to? helping NASA out.
1: I hope um, it still exists. I don't know why I haven't researched this, but yeah, hopefully it still exists. <laughs>
0: well, if not, we'll see. There are probably some people out there who've created something similar. You mentioned you are motivated by change and I love that you proclaim that you catalyze and amplify paradigm shifts. Can you explain what that means, especially to you and how it applies to investing in Web3 technologies?
1: So why catalyze and why amplifying as the two core verbs in that sentence that underlies, I think, how I run my life is because I really work with the entrepreneurial and developer community on a daily basis. And I've been working with them for my entire career, you know, a large part of my life now. And it's always about me talking to these entrepreneurs and contributing my own way by what brainstorming, right? Or I'm helping them either see the forest and not the trees, or see that particular tree to cut down to move the forest ahead. Cause it's about strategy, it's about execution plan. And so in my work and my chats with all these entrepreneurs, I'm most of the time, you know, they are doing the actual hard work, right? They are the ones running the marathon. They are the ones with the PhDs, building the next thing and utilizing what they've, you know studied for 20 years and trying to really bring something good to society. How I look at it is that I help catalyze these. All the investing, all the company building I've done in tech, it's all really about bringing all these newness, these ideas, these new tech to bear, bringing them out into the world. That's the amplification part of it, right? And I think you really need the core builders. Again, That those are the PhDs and the deep tech and you need a lot of other people, the operators, builders, where me as an operator, builder, and has come in as a catalyzer. And then a the media component is an amplifier because you do need people to hear the good stories to either be a potential customer, potential investor, or just another, you know, another good person kind of speaking on your behalf.
0: I love that. I wanted to shift a little bit. You've given so many amazing keynotes, and I love the stories that you weave in those keynotes. You spoke recently about how we can bring Web3 to the next billion users. I want to talk with you about what your advice is to anyone listening to ensure that at least half of those users are women. That's a great question, cams.
1: So right now, the entire blockchain and crypto industry is, you know, there's different estimates, right? But if you look at People who open an account on a centralized exchange and buying crypto, you maybe reach about, you know, several hundred million. But really in the web three side of things, it's where I'm particularly interested in because this is where I see that paradigm shift in technology, right? Web3 is a really great name for what I think is quote unquote just tech, right? Everything is just technology. It evolves. And so for me, when I look at all these it's how can we enable more people to use the the new technologies that is coming up and will be coming up so a few of the examples i always use is that when the wheel was first invented that was technology or actually go we go even before that fire was technology mm-hmm. right fire the wheel paper electricity right everything was new at some point and like wow how can we use this, right? And you also have the naysayers, like, oh, oh, this railroad will not do anything, I think. Or what's the radio? This will not do anything, right? And stuff like that. So you always have naysayers, but you also always have a bunch of people super excited about the potential of the new technology. And this is where I think you and I, and, you know, we're all in, right? The point there is that a new piece of technology is going to be seen as maybe scary, but at some point, those that will truly have mass potential. And I do think that blockchain and crypto is one of those that will really underline most of the world's infrastructure, even more so at at some point. There's a side point actually is that technology can be uninvented. And let me clarify, a lot of technologies have been invented, but sometimes it's just not commercial or sometimes you just can't scale. So quote unquote, the word uninvented is a bit of a misnomer, but I think that for blockchain and crypto, We've reached almost at like a point of no return where I do think that more and more people will come in and 1 billion people, hopefully soon over the next two to three years, will be able to utilize the space, you know, be able to participate more in the economies here that I see there's a lot of reinventing being done. You know, to your point, Camps, about you know, being half at least female. Yeah, I mean, the world is, you know, broadly speaking, 50-50. My belief is that. While right now it's still very skewed, um, you know, highly male, at some point it will just become part of the infrastructure of daily lives, then yeah, you will touch, you know, fifty-fifty, like female male.
0: Okay. Inevitably, it feels like with the evolution of technology, regardless, we might have that 50-50 ratio of female and males. But what about empowering women to be the leaders and builders at the forefront of this technology? Is BNB chain creating any sort of Web3 technologies to empower women? If so, what impact have you seen? And what advice do you have to women to lead and to step into building the Web3 space instead of waiting for it to to just be ready for them?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, right? For BNB chain, for those of you who are not so familiar, we are the largest blockchain community with 1 million daily users or wallet addresses. On a, on a daily basis, really kind of utilizing decentralized apps and protocols that are on top of BNB chain and are using our infrastructure. So we've proven scalability to 1 million, which is several times more than all the other communities combined. And we're immensely proud of the fact that we, again, we have that technical robustness and scalability to serve the mass market already. I personally am highly aware that while blockchain and crypto is extremely global, 99% of people I speak to are all males. And as a female who's really spent her entire life in technology, I'm not surprised. Neither am I shaken by it, so to speak, right? But I'm highly aware that there's many younger women who do find a space intimidating. And so at BNB Chain, we recently announced something called Web3 Wonder Women at BNB Chain, or WWW for short, <laughs> instead of World Wide Web. We're kicking this off with a mentorship program because the message that we want to push out a little bit more is that, number one, women make good business. So stats have really shown. Yes, yes. Yeah. (laughs) So stats have really shown across the traditional space, across the Web2 space. When you look at the number of female founders and the number of females on boards of directors, boards of advisors on public companies as well, when you have a woman there, the company makes more money, the company does better, basically financially overall, and i.e. good business. Women make good business. There's something that not many people know. As we know, there is a bias right now where male founders do get more funding and they're seen as more successful and also because of the human bias of investing or liking someone who's more similar to you, right? right. So. If- so if there's more male VCs, then i.e., if you invest in, quote-unquote, the human bias of similarity, you're going to get more male founders. I think many, many people, including yourself, right, cams, you're trying to change that. You're trying to educate more people, more women, and ourselves too. So the mentorship program will kick off with this amazing powerhouse, Kurtika Ready. So Kurtika is a super seasoned operator, builder, investor, You know, one of her career highlights was being the first employee of Facebook in India. And then she went on to be an MD and she's done so many other things, you know. And so she has founded a new Web3 company called Verjonas and is also creator-focused, creator and brand-focused in Web3. Super honored to have her kick off our mentorship program. So we're kicking off with a fireside chat and then one or two lucky women will be able to be mentored by her. Going back to kind of overall points again, we believe that number one, women make good business. And number two, role models matter. You know, having an, a program initiative that number one, brings experienced female builders to the younger crowd, to young and upcoming Web3 founders. And we also have a learners program where we're trying to target students and fresh grads as well. And also the one last thing i like to add here is that we're targeting you know, women, but also non-binary people, LGBTQ people who identify as women.
0: Wow. Just recently, one of my idols, Rihanna, the singer, I heard on one of your keynotes, you talked about how Web3 technologies can be used to amplify and bring more innovation to music. And it made me remember, oh my gosh, Rihanna did the Super Bowl show and people were criticizing her for not being crazy all out dancing like she normally does because she was pregnant. She still had a phenomenal show. I've watched it like 10, I don't know, 10, 20 times already just on my workouts. It's just amazing what women can do and while pregnant yeah, and Exactly.
1: Baby. And I think Serena Williams as well, right? Won uh-huh. some Grand Slam or something while pregnant. Yeah. So when people say that, oh, you're pregnant, you can't go to work or you can't work. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? I mean, not that I've received that myself, but you know, you uh-huh. hear about that. You read a lot about that. So yes. yeah, it's kind of nuts honestly.
0: Yeah. Calling all early-stage crypto, blockchain and web3 startups, teams and builders. Apply to CoinDesk PitchFest, powered by Google Cloud and pitch live on stage at Consensus in Austin this April. Winners will receive two VIP Piranha passes to Consensus 2024, featured coverage on CoinDesk and an invitation to present at CoinDesk's Private Investor Summit Ideas 2023. Learn more and apply at consensus.coindesk.com slash pitchfest. I wanted to pull out just some of the key insights that you shared with us. First of all, companies need to recognize that women or one are historically over-sexualized and that there's female washing that happens, that we do face disadvantages based on just similarities and representation of venture capitalists, investing more in people who look like them. So having more male founders. So what that means is bringing in more women and, and trusting in more women to run VCs, to be able to invest, which is why, of course, I wanted to have you on the show as well, because you're an investment director and you have that incredible power. But also when it comes to women in Web3, there's that education aspect and that mentorship aspect. And I love that you brought that up. And that's something powerful that BNB chain is doing. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about it. That representation is so critical and key. Anybody who's listened to the podcast, you know already, I literally was 32 weeks pregnant with my first baby when a blockchain infrastructure startup company took a bet on me and hired me and gave me ample maternity leave because they believed in my skills and what I could bring. That's another thing that I always say to companies. And I say on the podcast that they need to accommodate for women who want to have families and who are powering humanity, basically.
1: Creating humanity, not just (laughs) powering.
0: Exactly. Creating humanity. And one last thing that I wanted to chat about, Gwen, and we talked about this before the podcast started, but I thought it was so powerful. I have so many friends in their early 30s, late 40s, who are like, yo, I want to have a baby, I want a family, but I have an empire to build. And they are receiving a lot of social and familial pressure to have children. Our laws even govern our ovaries almost. They're in some countries, in Singapore, for example, it's illegal to freeze eggs as a single woman. You recently wrote an article about it on Medium, and I thought it was so powerful. As someone who coded their own website at 12 years old and as a rescue diver. You're out here sharing your story that is so personal about egg freezing. I just wanted your thoughts and your advice to women who are listening, who are thinking about it and how they can maybe share with their community or their families that this is an important decision for them and it's solely their decision.
1: Oh yeah, I like that you said a few things, camps like governing our ovaries, you know, and their position, yeah. So I froze my eggs in my early 30s, many years ago now, when it was still illegal in my country, in Singapore, to freeze your eggs as a single woman, right? It's also called social egg freezing or elective freezing. And, you know, I mean, IVF is completely permissible and legal But as a single woman, you could only freeze your eggs if you had like a cancer diagnosis, right? And so for me, being a healthy person, I I was like, okay, this is not available for me as an option. But I still went ahead and found a recommended doctor by someone who had done IVF with this particular doctor before. Amazing journey I had. Essentially, I did the first two weeks of the injections, the stimulation of hormones in Singapore. And, and then the normal IVF process would mean that you retrieve the eggs and you inseminate with, with sperm. But for me, I retrieved and froze my eggs. But more importantly, I had to fly to Thailand, Bangkok, to actually do the retrieval of the eggs and, and freezing. And I did it entirely out of my own choice. I had been researching egg freezing for quite a while now. Having done my research, having spoken to a few people, I and actually speaking to a few people wasn't even about egg freezing, it was just about IVF and like recommendations for doctors. I didn't meet anyone I knew who had frozen eggs. And so fast forward a few years later, you know, many girlfriends and their girlfriends were asking me questions, right? And I, I was literally repeating myself all the time. I was like, okay, let me write a FAQ, basically. <laughs> So I wrote this FAQ slash article on anonymously on Google Docs because I was like, this is a personal choice I made. I at the point in my life and you know, I wasn't ready to be an activist, so to speak. Right. I was just like, okay, this is something I did, and I think this is something that more women should, you know, um, if you are w- ready, willing, and has a have the resources, because it, it takes money and it takes time, right? then please go ahead. So I wrote this anonymously as a Google Doc, shared it with those friends who were asking me questions. It got shared around. Then again, like a year later, I keep getting new questions and people asking me, hey, Gwen, I know you wrote a Google document. Can you share that with me again? And I kept getting like, you know, like many requests. And so later on, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to publish it on Medium. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to publish it online. Let it be searchable because over the years I've seen how many people have asked me those same questions. And then I think as the years went by for me, so I thought, you know what? It's okay. Like, you know, you can associate me with this. I wasn't trying to keep it a secret. Don't get me wrong. I will share it with friends and all privately, but I just, again, didn't want it. I didn't want to be an actor. I didn't see myself as an activist back then for for this. Again, fast forward a little bit. Singapore last year decided that it will now be legal to do elective slash social egg freezing in the country from 2023 onwards. So soon it will be legal. And so then, you know, some local media covered it, BBC covered it, and I embrace it. I think more women should realize that it's really, it's your own body, it's your ex, it's your career, it's how you want to spend your time and energy. And if you decide that this is not the right time for you, but yet you're going to preserve that option of potentially having your own biological children later on, then egg freezing is almost always a good idea.
0: The power of a story, right? Especially sharing your own, especially sharing something so intimate and so like for a lot of people, very vulnerable. Thank you, Gwen, for your strength, for coming onto the show and sharing your stories with us. Anything you want to share about BNB chain or any of your projects, where would you like to direct our listeners, and how can they get in touch with the mentorship program as well? We'd love to hear all those things. Thanks, CamS. So,
1: for those of you who are thinking about entering Web3, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already, you know, have thought about it slash already in it, right? With a good cams here helming the show, <laughs> you can go to social media and find BNB Chain everywhere on social media as BNB Chain. We publish a lot on Twitter, We also have some YouTubes, you know, YouTube lives, and we really write and share a lot about the n- amazing, diverse number of projects that are building on BnB chain. A lot of them are still very early in their journey. Some of them are more established than others, obviously, right But more importantly, you know where, where I see the shift is is that a lot of them will become more sophisticated as time goes on in terms of everything from product to design, right? Cam's were talking about it a little bit earlier, which is that a lot of them are still lacking in user design and and great usability. And I do think that that will change over time. Mm -hmm. And so we're everywhere at BNB Chain. And me personally, I'm at Gwendolyn Regina. The mentorship program, you can find details on on it. If you just follow our social media, you will see it again. But also if you search for it, it's BNB Chain. Web3 Wonder Women. It will be an ongoing program where we have lined up quite a few other mentors again for the next few sessions. So find all the information you want on BNB Chain.
0: Thank you so much. And you can literally find it by Googling it, but we will also paste the link on the page of this podcast as well. So you can find it here. And Gwen, I know mindfulness and meditation is also important to you. I'm so excited to have you join for a two-minute quick meditation. Everyone who's listening, just find a comfortable seat. And we'll just take a nice in-breath together. And a slow out-breath. Good. Relax the forehead. Relax the tongue. Allow the jaw to relax. Shoulders fall slightly down the back and the belly softens. Good. This week's meditation is just relieving cognitive overload, having a chance to relieve some stress very quickly. And it's called triangle breath. It's one of my favorite mindfulness exercises. You envision a triangle in your mind. It has three sides. And as you draw the triangle up one side, you're gonna breathe in for three counts. And at the top, when you go down, you're gonna hold the breath at the top for three counts. And then you draw the base of the triangle by exhaling for three counts. And then you continue doing that for another three breaths. It's a very quick exercise. Let's do it together. I'll count it out with you. So ready, you're gonna inhale for three counts. Hold the breath, two, three, and exhale, two, three. Good. Let's count one more time. Inhale, two, three, hold, two, three, exhale, two, three. Good. Two more breaths just like that. This is something that you can use anytime you're in a pinch and you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed or stressed out, or maybe your brain feels a bit overloaded from all the information you're taking in from learning Web 3 or learning a new job, whatever it may be. I hope you'll be able to do some triangle breaths and relax. If you closed your eyes, gently flutter them open. Take them all the time you need to get back to it. Thank you so much for joining. And thank you, Gwen, for joining the meditation. Thank you, Cam. it was beautiful.
1: I love that little, you know, yeah, meditative mindfulness break.
0: Oh, yes. I really think everybody needs at least one or two of those every single day. And I haven't heard of this triangle visualization. That's actually really good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when you visualize and breathe at the same time, it helps you focus your mind on the present moment because that's something that we want to do is anchor ourselves and center ourselves back here to the now so that we can be productive, energized, and then, you know, fight any negative thoughts that are creeping in and any stress that takes over our body. So it's a really great visualization to remember the three counts as well. Yeah. I really appreciate you for coming, Gwen. Thank you so much, Cams. Thank you, everyone. And thank you everyone for listening to the Women Who Web Free podcast. You can find us on the Coindesk Podcast Network or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Cams. Thank you for learning and growing with us. You've been listening to Women Who Web 3 with host Kamala Ancantera. This show has been produced and edited
1: by Michelle Mousseau. Executive producer is Jared Schwartz. Our theme song is All Night Long by Lunera cams would love to hear from you you could reach out to her at cams k-a-m-z at womenwhoweb3.com or podcasts at coindesk.com subject line women who web 3 thanks for listening